Welcome to Cinebabble episode 14. Uh, we are your hosts, your co-hosts, Clint and Ken. Say hi to everybody, Clint. Hello, everybody. Yeah, you gotta you gotta work on your intro there a little bit. Why? Now, no. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. I mean, I guess it's the same thing you do when you open up the door. Hi there. Hello. How are you? When you come over, <laughs> give me an example of something that might be good. Hmm. Uh, See, fare thee well, dear brother. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't say that in normal conversation. No, but this is just a conversation between. If you, you said and things I. like that, you'd be much classier. I have no be. plans to be classy. You don't want to be classy. I don't right, think right. I could hold, maintain it. <laughs> we are on our 14th main episode. Uh, we're well over 20. If you throw the Watchmen in there, uh, I noticed last week that apparently I called last week's episode episode 12. Mm. It was not episode 12. It was episode 13. And uh, in a very classy way, instead of drawing attention to it, uh, you just put in a little jingle and made sure everybody knew about it. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, at the end of that, I edited it out. It said, can you ask you? <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I'd be kind. And just I got really, yeah, just really, really driving home. Turn the knife a little All bit. Right. Well, yeah, uh, it has been a fairly uneventful week for me. Uh, what you watching about, Clint? said that with such sadness i know i did just like despair it was a little bit just <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been a week it's been a, <laughs> been a week been a week been okay a week. uh so what you, uh i've been watching about you should watch I, i'm never gonna be able to say that correctly <laughs> there's no uh, we should have thought when we came up with that title yeah. there's no way to put it in past tense future right. tense it's only what you watch about yeah. everything else just doesn't work. Poor planning, That's for okay. sure. It's okay. Um, uh, so I watched one thing. Jenny and I binged this new show on Netflix. Um, it's a design show called Next in Fashion. Oh, okay. I saw France. that on there. Yeah, Tan France from uh, Queer Eye. Mm-hmm. And it was great. It okay. was really good. It's, um, you know, like Project Runway. Um, but it was just so well centered on like the actual design and like there was very little like ego and drama that was added to it. It was really nice. And like everyone's really, for the most part, there's moments, but Mm -hmm. like compared to other things, there's very little drama and everyone's really likable when you're Mm -hmm. all like the whole time, Jenny, you're like, Oh, I hope they win. I hope they win. And, but it was really good. And like, I really enjoyed it. We, plowed through that it was like 10 episodes huh. and it was really cool because it starts out and they're in teams and about halfway through then when it's kind of whittled down to uh who's left it switches to their not teams anymore yeah. so it was cool just to see that dynamic and they didn't see it coming hmm. and it, yes really it seems like it. reality tv is trending away from the and here's the bad guy and here's the angry one and here's the drama and yeah i mean there's still that portion of reality tv that gives people that but a lot of the competition shows seem to be moving to let's just be human beings and and show off some talent right yeah they were very like encouraging of each other and you could i don't know i'm sure there was probably drama behind the scenes and there was a little bit of in it but it was it was very tame compared to other things i've seen and it was very centered on making good products and Mm -hmm. interesting designs and um and yeah tan i i really like tan so it was it was fun i really enjoyed it okay did you watch new episodes of avenue five and outsider this week i watched the outsider i haven't watched avenue five yeah 
Jenny is really enjoying that, so I have to wait okay. for her. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Avenue 5 was really good this week. Mm. Um, I'm just, I'm enjoying it settling down into a nice kind of groove. Right, right. And uh, still very, very funny. I had a couple of laugh out louds this week, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't always happen uh, with his stuff. And that's not a bad thing. It's a, a lot of times it's a, more subversive. Right. Uh, but this week it still had the subversive, but there were just some things uh, that would suddenly hit. And mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I would burst out laughing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm looking think forward to seeing it. this week? Uh, this one kind of lost my attention a little yeah. bit. I think it's slowly losing me, yeah. I, and I don't know why. It just hasn't got over that hump of being great, yeah. and so I don't really know what it needs to do to do that for me. But I just, I, I'm just kind of losing interest a little bit. Well, and it's it, we're four or five episodes in, yeah, and it's already feeling too long. Mm-hmm. It's already feeling like why wasn't this just six yep. episodes? I had the exact this same thought. This really felt like a filler episode yeah. to me, and it wasn't wasn't like the third episode where I had specific problems. Yeah, it me either. Just, Nothing really yep. hit. Nothing really landed or happened. Uh, there's, you know, some great stuff with his wife and, uh, and kind of the outsider standing mm-hmm. there uh, and talking with her. That scene was good. Yeah. And then it just didn't pay off in, in that episode in any way. Yeah. I had the same thought. I thought either this could be a miniseries or like a very well done movie yeah. where it's just whittled down to the essentials and that's all you really need. So I don't know. I'll finish it out, but yeah, uh, it's just yeah, I. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's going to. The first two episodes were strong for me. I'm wondering if the last two episodes will be strong, and it's mm-hmm. just going to be one of these bookend series where the front and the back are really good, and just in the middle, it's like, all right, come on, get to the get to the good stuff. Yeah. How many episodes are they doing? I don't know. Yeah. Tell you the truth, I think nine or ten. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's eight. Because uh, they'd have to be moving a lot faster at this point. For right. Eight. And the strange thing is, like, compared to the book, they've added in some subplots and characters that really dominated this episode mm. that aren't that interesting, like her love interest. Um, right, right. Uh, that's, unless I'm really forgetting somebody mm. from the book. Uh, if so, he's not that significant. But that whole thing is is just kind of a tack on which is a weird choice because it's it's not that interesting. So yeah. why take, you know, good screen time to tack that on? Mm. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, yeah, keep watching. I started this week uh, McMillions. Have you seen a trailer for McMillions? I have, yeah. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, it's only one episode so far. Mm. It has me completely kind of attached. Uh, you should definitely check it out. I would give you the premise, but... I already know the story. Oh, you know the yeah. whole story. Yeah. Okay, well... I don't want to tell anybody the story because part of the right. watching this is yeah. I didn't know. Oh, okay. And so there's still more to find out, I'm sure, but just it's it's wild. Yeah. And it, it doesn't even sound like something that... Yeah. I had listened to a podcast. I can't remember which one it was, mm-hmm. but they yeah, went through that story and it was just this thing I had never heard of and it was really fascinating. But yeah, I was curious how well they go through the story and, and the show. And so I'm going to check it out at some point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's definitely... I, I think um, I wish I would have waited until all the episodes were up on HBO Go and then I would have just plowed yeah. through them all because as soon as the first one was done, 
uh, just, you know, true to any good documentary. I'm like, okay, next, please. Mm-hmm. I saw it was like in the preview or something. It said Mark Wahlberg is a producer or, mm-hmm. or something. And that kind of d- deterred me a little bit because I'm not the biggest Mark Wahlberg fan. And I don't get the sense that Mark Wahlberg is hands on with this film. I didn't think so. I think but... it's probably his production company. Yeah, yeah. And they're the ones that just picked it up and are right. distributing it uh, through HBO. But um it, it, don't worry. There's no weird Mark Wahlberg vibe. I did. Yeah, I, I didn't think there would be. It's just I was like, oh, Mark Wahlberg. I don't know. He's not doing the narration. That would be terrible. <laughs> like doing his best Morgan Freeman just, impersonation. Yeah, full New Jersey accent, and everything. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, no. It's it's surprisingly Wahlberg light. So yeah, you can you can watch without worry. I didn't think that would be a <laughs> something that would affect the show. But it was yeah. just like. A little bit of a taint on it that I. Now, do you have any interest in seeing Harley Quinn this weekend in the or Birds of Prey rather, the Emancipation of Harley Quinn? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, actually, out of all of these DC mm-hmm. movies that have been coming out, I think that's been the one that kind of interests me because I do like um, Margot Robbie. And it looks kind of fun, and I saw it is getting pretty good reviews. It's ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Now that was as of fifty-six reviews, but still, uh, I, yeah, I saw it. Looked I at it. I was really surprised this evening. It was like eighty some. Okay, but uh, I but just because of the track record of all the rest, yeah. even the, like as much as people loved Wonder Woman, I think that got pretty good reviews too. Mm-hmm. I hated Wonder Woman, yeah. so it just doesn't give me much encouragement to see no. it. But I, I may go check it out. I haven't decided yet. I've got a busy weekend, so I may not. But yeah. I don't know. It might be what I'm watching about <laughs> next week. Well, if week. you say it's like, oh, it's pretty good, you should check it out, then I might. Okay. But it's just it's not something I'd probably make go out of my uh, way to make it to the theater this weekend. Okay. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we have we have a, a nice little mix that feels way more pre-planned of uh, movies to cover tonight. Uh, one is a new theatrical release. One is a new Blu-ray 4K release, and one is uh, new to Hulu. Uh, so you just got a little bit of theater. That's been on there a while. And, oh, has it? Yeah. Don't you see Sorry. burst my bubble every time, Clint. I get all excited. <laughs> I got a hook. Got a hook for everybody that's listening. I'm just trying to stay true. We can't like give misinformation as much as we probably do. I mean, uh-huh. if I know the truth on something, I'm going to speak it. Okay. Well, Sorry. I appreciate your truth telling. <laughs> well, it's from 2017. I'm assuming it's probably been on there a year or so. Really? Yeah. I feel like I would have noticed it before now, just for the title alone. I Maybe know. not. Maybe it's just been buried there the whole Maybe. time. Maybe. It's been on my queue for a while, so. Okay. Well. Uh, it's so new to you. It's new to me. Yeah. It's new to Hulu Turn to me. <laughs> it's new to my Hulu. It might not be new to your Hulu. Yeah. But my Hulu it's new feed, to my Hulu. it's new. Also new this week. Uh, is a little thing called a Cinebabble website, uh, which is uh, mm. cinebabblecast.com. Uh, you just spell it like it sounds, and uh, it's all one word. And that's because uh, GoDaddy already owns cinebabble.com, and they were like, hey, give us $1,500. And I'm like, ma ha, 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 ha. No. <laughs> Tell me that was like your best Joker impersonation. <laughs> no. Like, I. You're wearing white face paint right I am, now. I am, just so I could do that the visualist joke. intimidating yeah. <laughs> joker. Uh, uh, but you can find all the podcasts on there. You can sign up so that we can, that's, that's uh, you know, robbery. send you the random email. You can let us know if you want something covered. You can let us know uh, if you have an idea for something you'd like us to do. 
uh, that might be a little bit of fun. But, you know, check it out. Uh, and, yes, it is highway robbery. No it is, is Fast and Furious style. That car is driving under our truck and using <laughs> grappling hooks to rob us of our cargo. Mm-hmm. Highway robbery. <laughs> yeah. $1,500. For what? Mm-hmm. And it was because it has Senna. Uh, oh, they C-I-N-E. Bought they bought all of these C-I-N-E, and they declared that a, uh, a desirable uh, URL, mm. anything with Cinna in it. And so uh, $1,500. Hmm. Yeah. So. We're coming for you, GoDaddy. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take you down one listener at a time. You're going to be get daddy by the time I'm <laughs> <Jeez>. done. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Uh, you like that? <laughs> it feels like copyright infringement. I feel like we're going to get sued now. Um, I didn't I know. say I was. I no, no, Mm-mm. no. All right. Well, I disagree. First, <laughs> you can't disagree. I can. Okay. Uh, first up uh, is a film we went and saw in the theater together. Mm. Uh, Gretel and Hansel. Yeah. Hansel. 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 Hans and. Franzel. I'm just going to call it Gretel because Hansel really doesn't matter. In I this say movie Hansel. At all. Hansel? Hansel. I'm just going to keep calling it Gretel. Okay. Okay. They definitely put Gretel first, and it makes sense because Gretel is definitely at the forefront of this movie. Yeah. Uh, we went because visuals looked mm. intriguing and good. We knew reviews were kind of mixed, uh, so we weren't going in thinking we're about to be blown away. Um, but uh, just a little bit of background. Uh, it, this is this is kind of a, an update on the German fairy tale. Hansel and Gretel go into the woods, find a witch's house. She tries to eat them. They kill the witch. The end. Uh, the movie does not quite go that way. It, it has a lot of different twists and turns to kind of what's known. Uh, it's by a director named Oz Perkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I knew his name sounded familiar. And so uh, he's an actor and has been oh, in a, a ton of different things, oh. like way back to Psycho 2 and Six Degrees of Separation, Wolf. Uh, you'd recognize his face. Uh, but then he started writing and then he directed I'm the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Did I saw that. It? No, I didn't see it, but I was looking at his okay. IMDb and that looked familiar. But Yeah, I... and The Black Coat's Daughter, but I hadn't heard of The Black Coat's Daughter. Uh, yeah, I haven't. So I'm not quite sure what that is, but... Uh, Oz Perkins directed this. This is a uh, <laughs> a weird little love letter to filmmakers like Guillermo del Toro. Jodorowsky. Yeah. Oh, Mary yeah. Mary Jodorowsky. Yeah. Really loves Jodorowsky. Yeah. Uh, so, Clint, uh, the credits Dude, rolled. Where that's copyright infringement almost. Yeah. <laughs> the credits rolled. What was your thoughts? You know, wait. Hold oh, on. Yeah. Like, Let's set okay. the stage. Yeah. Do you, do you want to set the stage here? I want to set the stage because. Okay. okay. This is important. I want to get, <laughs> give you my <laughs> side of this and then I want to hear yours. Okay. So because, just, I, I will give you the, the, because the premise this is, yeah. and then Clint will tell you yeah. his side and I will tell you mine. Clint and I arrived at the theater. And we walked in separate, and, separately. Yeah. And this is a local theater. It's it's not a chain like Regal. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a very good local theater. They have VIP seats. Till this point, uh, <laughs> they have VIP seats. Shh, don't spoil here. They have <laughs> VIP seats, and just it's it's just a nice little theater. Yeah. Ten screens, never any drama, uh, or rarely any drama. Mm-hmm. We walk in, and Clint, go ahead. Okay. I walk in to thinking this is going to be my normal theater experience at this theater where, like, we avoid the mall theater because this 
one is always pleasant. It's never drama or like there's not a bunch of loud there's, people. Yeah, there's, there's not very rarely people are people, well behaved. Mm-hmm, has the comfortable seats. Mm-hmm. Um, walk in and there's basically night, <laughs> like a nightclub level of music happening in the like auditorium where yet you, you when you first walk in ear piercing ear piercing to the point that when ordering snacks and drinks I'm yeah. shouting at yeah. the person and they're like what it's yeah. straight out of some sort of weird SNL sketch yeah like yeah what was it the night of the Roxbury yeah, yeah. it was like night of the Roxbury in mm-hmm. there and you walk in and to the right there's a little area and it's roped off like in this VIP section and somebody decided we're going to throw a 40th birthday party for we're going to rent the theater for it but yeah. not even the theater just this area the lobby the, the lobby yeah and have a full dj and like <laughs> And they're just blaring. Like, yeah, I walked up to get popcorn and uh, the girl's calling my name for me to come up next and I can't hear her. And <laughs> and the lobby's bad enough, but our theater is clear down the, the hall. We are in the very furthest theater yeah. in this entire building. Mm-hmm. Uh, even once the doors shut, anytime Gretel and Hansel would get quiet, in the background you hear like... <laughs> and well it was our movie was at 10 o'clock at night yeah we always that's, go that's to late point and so we're hoping okay it's going to stop at 10 o'clock because we're there maybe at mm-hmm. 10 or 15 minutes early and it's still going through the whole movie and yeah. it, you can hear it and we're the farthest theater and they were just wrapping up when this was finished yeah it's almost midnight and they're just winding down mm-hmm. uh and the employees I just, I can't imagine no one complained about this. Did you ever call? Yes. I called and I was not happy. Yeah. But the manager wasn't very responsive. I got my money back, uh, our money back. Right. Uh, But it was was one of those, uh, she was just like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened to you. Like, what do you mean you're sorry that happened to me? You're sorry it happened. Yeah. Period. Not to me. Right, right. This Everyone there. I can't. As, as if to suggest that there's a human being out there that would have walked into this environment and been okay with it. Right. Please. And we were not even the theater next to no, no. this maddening party. I cannot imagine if we had been in like theater three or four there. Yeah. It would have been. Yeah, I, I would know. I would have walked out. Oh, and for sure. Thrown a fit probably. Yeah. And I'm not a throw a fit kind of person. No. Oh. I, I mean, yeah, I would have just went like have my money back yeah. so I can come back another time maybe. Yeah. Well, and the whole thing was just so surreal because, one, who would have a loud party at a theater right. where it's open to the public and people are coming to enjoy a movie, yeah. not your muffled music? And it's such a weird – it was such a weird, like, little roped-off area. Yeah. It's like, go to a club if you want a club atmosphere. Yeah, yeah rent the back room of a restaurant. Yeah. Rent, rent out like, a theater and then go do it in there. Yeah, I don't know. Rent a community center. <laughs> And so maybe somebody at the theater knew these people, and they were just like, oh, you can use our theater. Uh, yeah. It's a terrible idea. It was terrible. Yeah, it was bad. And even then, I, I could not believe there was not a single employee that didn't just walk over and like, hey, how about we turn this down below airport level volume? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, runway. <laughs> You're not. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at some point, the human ear does not get more enjoyment out of music when yeah. it's that loud. It usually decreases yeah. at certain volumes. So Hansel and Gretel. Gretel and Hansel. Gretel and Hansel. Yeah. The credits rolled. (laughs) 
what were your first thoughts? Uh, forget about the music. Forget about 40-year-olds. Forget about whatever that was. What did you think of the movie itself? Well, I mean, the music really did play a part in it because every quiet scene, I'm listening to this music. <laughs> so I actually, um, well, my all overall feeling for the movie was I, I, that was okay. It was whatever. It had some really nice visuals to it, but all the visuals, like I said, were like completely ripped off from like Holy Mountain or um, El Topo, yeah. and and so I that's all I could think of. Like, okay, I would rather watch one of those movies and be completely freaked out than this like watered down version where there's this giant section in the middle in between any good visuals that is just dialogue that is so at a snail pace that I just like, I, I can't remember the middle of that movie at all. There's, there's not a lot. I mean, any, any scene of dialogue, I couldn't tell you what they said. Well, and, and I also came out thinking it was okay. Yeah. Uh, My primary problem with it was I felt as if there were four different versions of the script mm. that they had taken pieces of at different times. There were sometimes the language was modern. Mm-hmm. There were sometimes they were going for more of a, a kind of a, a dialect from the witch. Right. There were sometimes they were going for more of kind of a high poetic fairy tale. Yeah. But it wasn't very poetic. Right. It sounded very stilted. There were just all these different tones and it would just kind of shift yeah. from one to the next. And and it all felt very disjointed to me. Uh, the Jodorowsky thing really... Um, it, it wasn't even homage. It was no, full-on right. lifted images and repeating those images and making those your primary images. And it didn't feel like anything was added to them right. or or created with those kind of things right. as inspiration. Yeah. Um, yeah, it didn't feel like inspiration. It just felt like theft yeah. almost where... Um, I don't know. Yeah, it didn't add anything to that visual land, like... Um, language yeah and and as much as like it looked nice at moments it's just like I that's all I could think about and the yeah maybe you're right maybe that's why I couldn't really follow the dialogue so much because it was jumping around like the witch character um what was her name um Holda mm-hmm she was speaking in the very like old English kind of the witch language. And she was pretty consistent. And the kids, yeah, but but, like consistent to herself, but like. But not with the rest of the, it didn't feel like a cohesive world. Yeah. Even when you got to the visuals, there were, there were just things that didn't make sense. Yeah. And not in a surrealist kind of way. Yeah. Um, if you have never seen a, a Jodorowsky film, it's it's about as surreal as it gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of symbology. It's a lot of very strange like images. Occult, pagan, occult kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and you're working your way through and just trying to piece together what things, what's happening at one level, what it means at another level, what's trying to be said at another level. And then you kind of have to figure out the whole time, is there anything being said? Sometimes yeah. it's just, it's creating a mood or an emotion to make you uncomfortable or to make you feel a certain way. Yeah. This felt like it had watched and mimicked that, but didn't understand how to make it work. Right. It felt like to me, um, uh, there's, I think I had talked about it before, this documentary I had watched called Hail Satan about mm-hmm. like modern Satanism. Mm-hmm. And it felt like to me, it was made by one of those people who like Satanism on this surface level and like likes the look of it mm-hmm. 
and but doesn't really go into the full depths of what they're about and it felt like kind of like a heavy metal music video the whole time it did yeah it did were you like a disturbed music video not disturbed as like the band disturbed yeah yeah they did a lot of those kind of just strange right like if you had just taken all the visuals Mm -hmm. and you could have condensed down into a music video I don't know. I, I mean, I thought um, Sophia Lillis, that's the girl yeah. who was in It. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does a good job minus the script. It's not her fault. Right. She yeah, delivers well. Yeah, I liked her well and Hansel and, together. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Hansel's kind of, he's a MacGuffin. Yeah. He's essentially a pawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought it was actually kind of interesting um, where they went with it. Instead of it just being these two kids that find this witch and her trying to seduce them, it's at a, it's at a level where... Uh, you know, the, the, the implication is really early on that Gretel, there's something about her mm. that's supernatural, uh, that she may have some power there. And so the witch senses that and wants to see if that's something that can be exploited or trained. or So that it had a really good hook there. And I, I so wanted it to turn into something beyond Sidious tempting Anakin. You know? Yeah, yeah, because that's all that amounted to really was these long scenes of dialogue at the dinner table. Yeah, where I just kind of was zoned out, and I'm hearing dance beats behind me, and it's just like I, I lost that whole section of the movie, and I don't don't think if I had been able to fully pay attention that it would have helped. But it was just I it just did not grab my attention. I don't think it would have helped because yeah. there's times I've watched a movie at, at my house and something's happening upstairs and I can hear it in the background. Right. But the movie has me mm-hmm. so locked in that it, it doesn't matter. There's yeah. your brain knows how to separate those right, things. Right. I think that the fact that the music was so distracting, it wasn't at a level that it would have been distracting if it was an amazing movie. Yeah. Necessarily. For sure. It would still been frustrating. Yeah. But I, I think the fact that we kept tuning into the music was more a, uh, you know, kind of um, a suggestion about where the film was yeah. than, than the music. Mm-hmm. Um, Alice, what was it, Alice Krieg or Alice Krieg? She's South African. She's the one who plays the witch. Hold she on. is the Borg queen from Star Trek First Contact. Oh, okay. And the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, I know this face. <laughs> And I could not place it. Right. Uh, she's great. She has a really good look. Mm-hmm. And to the point that they either did something really, uh, really well done with makeup or prosthetic. There there was something there. I don't think it was CG enhancement. But it just yeah, I didn't made, see her feel, kind of, yeah. made her feel otherworldly. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really effective. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's things, you know, at one point, and this isn't a spoiler because you see it in the trailer. Uh, she eats uh, like a pastry or a candy, and as she's chewing it, she starts to pull hair out of her mouth. That's inherently a very creepy image. Right, right. But then it's topped off by she pulls the end of it out, and she's got this nice little bow, and she lays this pig table or pigtail down on the table, instantly deflated. Mm. It's not like you know chunky, pulpy blood mass on the end of the hair. That would have completed that image. Mm. That would have been a. Yeah. I like the bow on you know, the end. But. I like that the bow was there, but I wanted it kind of in some gristle. Oh, okay. And just the implication that it's not just a lock of hair. Yeah. This is this, she just this woman has consumed a child. Yeah, a hole. Yeah. yeah, the ground up hole and yeah. And it was strange because other times, you know, there's there's a shot of her pouring a bucket of 
child parts mm-hmm. onto a table, which I was like, whoa, they got away with this? It's PG-13. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there were times that that he wanted to go for some of that more, uh, you know, stomach-churning imagery. But mm-hmm. um, even then, it just – it never quite rose – to what I wanted it to be. It mm-hmm. felt like a first draft. For sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think I, th- like I said, just that whole middle of the movie is completely forgettable to me. And I just don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> nope. That's fine. I thought, I thought the ending was weak too. Yeah. I thought it builds up and it's doing all these different twists on the, the fairy tale. And then it just went very conventional at the end. Yeah. Very conventional. I mean, I like the whole undertone of like, it's this girl trying to find herself mm-hmm. in this world. Oh, yeah. And, and I like that part of the ending, the very, very end, right before the credits. Yeah. Where it's her in the forest. Um, but, you know, kind of your climactic confrontations, what I'm talking about. Right. It was just, oh, that's it? Yeah. Well, I was kind of hoping it was just like she did find her place and this pushed her in some mm-hmm. direction completely. I feel yeah. like it just kind of happened. Yeah to her rather than it was a conscious decision for her yeah i, I don't know it's i i wouldn't wave anybody away from no it. yeah i also wouldn't talk it up and send a bunch of people running to it yeah. It's if you're somebody that really likes visuals and you're okay with those visuals kind of being hollow and superficial which i can be sometimes like can. If, if there's can. enough um of into the visuals and maybe the music's really powerful and um, and compelling. And that's where I go back to if the visuals felt original right. or they felt like an advancement of something yeah. they had been inspired by, then it would have locked me in there. But I, I really just felt like I was watching – it was almost like a cinematic version of a Photoshop mm, right. image yeah. where you've taken these elements and you've created something that looks good. Right. But you still know it's yeah. – it's, composed of other things it's fake it's yeah. not and the like more extreme visuals of it are so spread out mm-hmm. because once it clicks into okay we're at this house with this witch i mean it's pretty subdued except mm-hmm. for like some dream sequences mm-hmm. and things but it it just kind of the more extreme ends of what they are pulling from is just so spread out throughout the whole thing. I was interested early on because there's this attack by a, a golem-like creature mm. um, or or some sort of zombies, the wrong word, but some sort of undead something. And I thought, oh, this is, they might be doing some interesting creature things or some mm. creature designs or, uh, but then as you go through the movie, you realize, no, that was just for that moment, for that right, scene. Right. It really has no bearing. They never revisit it. They never yeah. explain it. They never draw it in. It doesn't feel like a part of a larger world. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, okay. Yeah. I mean, is it is this a grim part of the grim mm-hmm. fairy tale yeah. universe? I mean, yeah, it kind of would have been interesting if it was hinting at there's these other yep. supernatural stories on the edges mm-hmm. of this small story. Um, but, yeah, it kind of just comes and goes, and it doesn't really go into that territory. Yeah, and, and as close as I'll go on spoilers, it, it – I think it's trying to do that because at the end when she's talking uh, about Hansel discovering his own destiny and there's the shot of him going back and taking the axe. Oh, so okay. like, okay, he's going to be the proverbial woodsman, mm. the huntsman, uh, you know, maybe the one who kills the wolf or, you know, it, it, it had Is this very, 
I I don't know that that's what it was. Uh-huh. It's just in my desire for this movie to yeah. have something like that. That's what my brain was into. Because <laughs> he's dealing a lot with axes the entire time, and I did not click into my head until you said that. And if they have. <laughs> that's what they were trying to do i don't know how i feel about that but i think the only way that would be successful is if they were doing it with other things too right right and you were getting the sense that you know these these things spin off these archetypes he's Mm -hmm. going to be the archetypal woodsman huntsman right right uh just like the the character that finds them early on because of his experiences and and that could have been interesting yeah i don't think it read very clearly no um but then when thinking about it, I'm like, man, they did take a lot of time with axes and that kid. <laughs> yeah. has as soon to mean as he said that, yeah. I was like, wow, he is sharpening axes a lot throughout <laughs> a this A lot. Trees. Like, that's his he main He even talks task. about, like, I'm practicing. Yeah. Then he goes back and, and the axe he gets is the one his mom wanted to kill them with. Yeah. And it's, for some reason, just still on that table, even though they've been out in the woods for a couple of weeks. I don't know. I feel like you're right. <laughs> I do too. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, skip it, watch it, whichever. I, I definitely wouldn't pay good theater money and uh, sit through the distant sounds of a, a 40-year-old's birthday party well, for it. Yeah, maybe during the lull in the middle, go out to the 40-year-old uh, birthday mm-hmm. party, get some groove on. I'll tell you right now. Mm-hmm. If I was at that theater to watch 1917, oh gosh, and that was happening, yeah, I would have had a small meltdown. <laughs> I really, it. I, I see it. In I your might eyes. have gone and just started ripping cords out of the wall, <laughs> like unplugging <laughs> things, flipping pushing speakers. over speakers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Birthday party over. <laughs> this party's yeah. over. Yeah, I just. Oof. You're 40. Yeah, yeah. you're 40. Get over it. Get over Congratulations. it. Congratulations. You're almost dead. People are dying in World War I, okay? <laughs> All right, well, next up uh, is a Cinetron 3000 selected film from last week. It is called Everything Beautiful is Far Away. This is on Hulu. Yeah. It's it's a small little film. Mm-hmm. It has two actors, three if you count the, the voice actress. Four. Uh, four. The guy they run into. Hey, the guy they run into. Yeah. Four whole actors, mm-hmm. one of which is a, a voice actor. Uh, but it's essentially just two people that meet each other, uh, a young man and a young woman, in a post-apocalyptic kind of wasteland desert. Yeah, Um, on the edge of a city. On the edge of a city. And the young man is carrying a robot head named Susan with him. Love that it's named Susan. And uh, it talks, and and he talks about, you know, he's rebuilding a body. Uh, The young woman, meanwhile, says she is in search of this mystical crystal lake. Mm-hmm. And they decide uh, that they're going to search for the Crystal Lake together. And that's that's about as complicated as this gets. Clint, what did you think of Everything Beautiful is Far Away? I enjoyed this film. I liked the simplicity of it. I liked the look of it a lot. I really enjoyed the music, um, which was done by a band called Neon Indian. Um, I I thought both of them did really good for what they had. And I, I liked seeing their relationship. Um, kind of get stronger as the film went on. It's, I mean, it's a very subtle film. There's really not a lot to it, but I liked the elements that were there. And I definitely wouldn't say it's the best film I've ever seen. Or, uh, but I thought it was. I didn't enjoy. Uh, didn't mind spending my 90 minutes with it. So, what do you think, Ken? I wish 
<laughs> somebody had taken this script, uh-huh. these actors, that robot head, even though I really still <laughs> am creeped out by its wide-eyed, you have a lot glassy of look. I really do. <laughs> um, it grew on me by the end. But I wish somebody had taken all the elements from this film, walked it over to the prospect writers and directors, mm. and handed it to them. Both are very low-budget films. Both are shot on a dime. Both are, we've got to basically create uh, whatever we can, and we've got to figure out how to do it. They're both that kind of film. This felt much more like a film, though, to me. It didn't, from from the costumes um, to even just makeup and cinematography and kind of set dressing what little there is in the wasteland, there were just... Uh, the the fruit or the, the vegetables they keep stuff. you love the vegetables I did I hated the vegetables I loved all that I hated stuff. the vegetables because somebody I promise you just went out and got a bunch of vegetables and a pack of highlighters like seriously a pack like those you get them at Staples the green yellow orange pink highlighters mm-hmm. and they just went on these vegetables and they just did dots and rings and that's what I liked about it I did not really I really liked that and the robot head how it was just this so lo-fi. And it, yeah, was, it, I did felt like the hand, robot it felt almost Jim Henson-y to mm-hmm. me. And I really liked that yeah. about the fruit and the head. And it wouldn't surprise me if that's what that thing is. If it's the, like, if you strip away the felt of, of an animatronic puppet yeah. that has the mechanical eyes and stuff, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Um, I, for me, it was, it was just fine. I could appreciate it because... It was very clear they had no budget, mm-hmm. and so it felt like a good for you. Yeah. You know, you guys, it, you did what you could with the money that you had. You got good actors, uh, and you got Hulu to release it. Congrats. I thought the last 15 minutes of the movie was a whole other movie, mm. um, which was strange. The The camera moved differently. The shots were more polished. Uh, it was more interesting visuals, and maybe it was just... The well, desert that they landscape. selected, yeah, but the desert they selected maybe just flattened everything. I really liked the look of that. If really? I liked the bleached look of everything. It, it was a look that I haven't really seen in films, mm-hmm. and I really appreciated it for that. It distracted me because their clothes don't get dirty and they don't have sunburns. And those moments, <laughs> I hate it because well, that's... that's when I'm my father. That's what he <laughs> noticed and said. And I hate it every minute of thinking that. But their clothes are too clean and they're not sunburned and they never get sweaty or dirty on their faces. And it just there there were because little this, things like that it that doesn't, didn't make it feel real to me. Well, that's the whole thing. The whole thing doesn't belong in reality. That's Maybe. the whole thing with the fruit, the robot head. Every, it's complete like it's not doesn't belong in strict the reality that we live in. It's like more cartoonish, which is what I liked about it. That's the same thing with the music. It's completely emphasizing that like playful, like almost a Jim Henson-y feel. It doesn't like they're not trying to, like to me, they weren't trying to make it 100% like gritty and realistic. And, and my experience with this was just like your experience with Slow West, where you were just with Slow West, you were kind of detached the whole time, and then suddenly the last 15 or 20 minutes, like, ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. That's how I was with this. Even down to Susan, when he reprograms her, and and some of the things they talk about, that was some really interesting kind of AI conundrum mm-hmm. uh, writing that they stuck in there. 
Uh, and, and I just, I appreciate it a lot at the end of the movie, but I didn't feel like I needed the beginning to get there. Um, and I, I just, I wish the beginning, I wish there was more to the world. I wish there was, even if it was just visuals in the background, just things that clued me into what society was before it fell, who these people are, where they came from, anything with context. Um, I like that. It was kind of like there is a society that they could be a part of, but he has reservations about mm-hmm. being a part of that. That's why he's like living out mm-hmm. on the outskirts in this desert where he he feels more comfortable and he doesn't want to be around people. He's he's more he's better on his own, and I like that. And that's where I would have liked some more griminess and dirtiness. I would have <laughs> liked an in the wild kind of thing, or a John the Baptist kind of thing, or mm-hmm. a. This person has detached from society and is off the beaten path, not wow. because he's a weirdo, not because he's crazy, not because any of that. It's just he's he's chosen to sacrifice whatever comforts there are in this world for what he views as a, a more satisfying life out in the, the wastes. Yeah. Well, I liked how um, he is a survivalist. Mm-hmm. Like he can – he knows how to survive out there. So yeah. he can take care of himself. He – I don't know. I it did the whole thing about being grimy. It just I didn't think about it that, and because it's, I feel like I said, it just so detached from having to follow those rules. Um, uh, one thing is, and this kind of plays into something we're going to do later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, something that would have elevated it for me is I would have loved to have seen at the end. They make the robot a body and the robot like decides to like, you're where you need to be. You've done your thing. I'm going to go out on my own now. Oh, that would have been good. I thought that would have been really interesting. It would have just been a nice little cap to Mm -hmm. that relationship. And he's with her now and they're going to have their friendship. And like, I've done what I need to do. So I was also going to surprise you with an extended cut of this film Uh later on when we talk about extended cuts. Uh, My extended cut, very different. Uh, In my extended cut, when they're sitting there and they ask Susan, spoilers, uh, what kind of body would you want? And she says, I want want a body that can walk for six days before recharging. I want a body that can swim and, and all of this. My alternate extended cut is she just rolls her eyes towards uh, Rolla and she's just like, I want your body. <laughs> and then laser eyes, she kills Rolla. Uh, and then, you know, he cries a little bit, but then he just, you know, attaches Susan to Rolla's headless body <laughs> and they walk off into the sunset together. Mm-hmm. If this movie had done that, yeah. I would be screaming how great this movie is up and down. So I think that would have lost me a little bit. <laughs> really? Are you sure? Yeah, because it. Man, uh, yeah, I would have that atmospheric of a buildup just to. <laughs> I want yours, laser eyes, and then you know, robot head on a corpse. Come on, mm. that would have been bold. It would have been bold. <laughs> yes, you're right. Yeah, I don't know. I I've, I've seen a lot of movies at this budget, mm-hmm. and. I was actually impressed with what they did with it because I think it was far beyond a lot of things I've seen like this. And I think it was a lot with the actors. And I I don't know, like I said, I like the Jim Henson-y, like Mm -hmm. surrealist, like 
I don't know, fake feel to everything. I think 50% of this movie could have been one for me just in costumes. Mm. If they had either gone more Henson-y and more kind of uh, fantasy. I think he kind of was. With the costuming. A little bit. It wasn't quite in touch with reality. Yeah. If it had been more fantasy or it had been grimier. Mm. Either direction, I would have been okay. Um, But it, it just, I don't know, that... I had a really hard time with that. And I'm not a costume snob at all, but I mm. was in this movie. <laughs> you just sound like a regular snob, Ken. Well, you know, I'm an elitist, so there you, you go. Are. All right. Well, anyway, everything beautiful is far away. It's, it's you know, worth a shot. Yeah, I if like you yeah. like kind of slow, atmospheric. Like uh, indie film? The music's really movies. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the music is good. Music I, is good. I think it adds a lot to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, third movie is one I was incredibly excited to get a hold of. It is the Dr. Sleep extended cut. This adds an extra half an hour to Dr. Sleep, and we have made no secret about how much we love Dr. Sleep uh, when it came out in the theater. Mm. We both had it on our best of the year list for 2019. Uh, It surprised us in a lot of ways and was much more... uh, of a delight than we were expecting, especially from something that was a, you know, sort of sequel or direct sequel to uh, The Shining, which mm. is is one of those holy grail movies that I thought I would never want touched on screen. Right. I just thought Dr. Sleep did a great job with it. So the extended cut arrived this week and it's got an extra half an hour. Uh, what'd you think? What was your reaction as you were watching uh, and you were noticing kind of what they had added in? Well, this is only the second time I've seen it, and it's mm-hmm. been a few months since I had. So mm-hmm. I kind of had a hard time picking out what was new, except okay. for some key things. Um, this time, it dipped a little bit for me. Really? It, it just because I think the whole time I was trying to pay attention to what oh. was new. Mm-hmm. Also, I started it, and it, it's a three-hour film, and mm-hmm. it was late, and I just I was trying to keep my eyes open. Gotcha. I don't think it has anything to do with the film. I think it was just... Okay. circumstances but um i still really liked it i mean there was the all the key moments of the film really hit me still mm-hmm. like in a visceral way where like i can't believe i'm kind of watching certain things in this film it's like mm-hmm. wow that was really bold yeah. um i'm not sure how i felt about the additional f- things like there were some things i noticed that i think added a lot but i'm not quite sure if it needed another half hour. Okay. Well, let's walk through what yeah. some of those things were. It's probably easier to break it down yeah, and talk about them as we go. Also, if you're pointing them out to me, like some things mm-hmm. I knew were new and then some things I it bled all together. Well, structurally, he's divided this movie into six chapters. I enjoyed that just because mm-hmm. uh, the longer approach to it, especially the kind of things they're adding in, which are almost entirely character beats, character conversations, expanding on things like that there's there's only two really new scenes Mm. and even those are character moments um and so i enjoyed the the chapter kind of that wasn't there before no i couldn't remember no uh the the big change uh and we can talk about it right up front the big change in this extended cut is the first section of this movie Mm. went from about 15 minutes this is rough estimate to 30, 35. Most of the additional content is in that uh, before Danny gets sober. Okay. That's where the bulk of things were. And it's, um, there's some little things early on, the little girl, Violet, 
Uh, she kind of sees an RV, and you get a shot of her mom searching for her uh, after you know she's yeah, taken this, by the knot. Taking off, yeah. yeah. The, there are little snippets. Yeah, like I didn't that. mind that. Um, there's you know an extra shot or so of of the hag in Danny's bathroom. Um, the the first big addition is when Wendy walks into the bathroom after Danny, mm-hmm. and she sees She's the, the footprint. footprints. Yeah. Um, and I I enjoyed moments like that because mm-hmm. this is right up front, and and I don't know why this scene wasn't in the theatrical cut because right up front it establishes if you haven't seen The Shining, this is not Danny's imagination. Uh, Danny is not you know having hallucinations. This is this is real. Right, right. There's something actually coming for him. Um, and then when he sits down with Dick Halloran. That conversation was much, much longer. Yeah. Yeah, I did notice And that. had a lot more um, just little little nuggets mm-hmm. in it. So uh, long story short, that first chapter uh, really, it felt like it could breathe more. Mm. I feel like in the theatrical, uh, it, it did it very efficiently and economically, but it had to get to the main story. Danny's sober. Now he's meeting Abra. It needed to get there. Um, whereas this, it just, it takes more time getting there and, and, uh, it, it allows you to kind of sink into the characters. Yeah. I'm not sure if I, how I I like, I feel like the other version was so efficient Mm -hmm. at getting those things across. I wasn't sure if any of this was necessary or not. And I don't know. Well, and see, I remember, if you remember the first time we saw it, one of my few criticisms were I had a really hard time attaching to Danny mm. when he was a drunk. Um, and I can't tell if I, there are things that they add to this that actually make him more unlikable mm-hmm. uh, that I appreciated being there. Because then it was like, no, you're not supposed to like him. You're not supposed to attach to him yet. You're going to watch him grow out of this. And they took more time with that. And so I... And like taking the money, like that was yeah, extended. Yeah. And and so I had a, a little bit of an easier time watching him develop before he hits that. They put it as chapter two. It's that eight years later. You know, here he is. He's sober now. Um, and it just, it rolled up to that point much easier for me. Now, that could also just be because it's like my third time with this movie. Okay. Now. I think it's my, because it's my second yeah. and... I, so I'm trying to process what I had seen before and it's times past. And so I'm trying to like process what, what was actually added in here. And like I said, certain things were clear to me. Um, but I don't know. (laughs) My whole thing is I really like this film and I, but watching a three hour movie is hard Mm -hmm. to have the time to do that, to, like to get to show this to Jenny, like I could, she would never watch a three-hour mm-hmm. film, two and a half a pool. So, just I don't know. I it just I feel like it was so much more efficient in getting those things across before, and I don't know. Some of the things that I had in the conversations when when young Danny's talking to DeCalloran on the park bench, he says things like, "You got dark in you too," yeah, and someday you'll teach somebody else. Uh, it starts to kind of foreshadow and point forward. Mm-hmm. Now, at first, I, for the most part, I enjoy those kind of additions. Later on, there's some where it's just like, oh, you're giving away yeah. what's coming. And so those were wiser cuts coming out of the, the theatrical edition. But then something like when when he fights the guy in the bar mm-hmm. and he's beating him in the extended cut, he's saying, you're going to take your medicine. Mm. That was not, I yeah. can swear that wasn't in the theatrical cut. I don't think so. He I just think it cut gets in a fight. That. 
but that's a oh you're you're your dad yeah. that's your dad's you've got your dad's alcoholism you've got your dad's vocabulary um so that had more power to me because he had to pull out of that he had to pull out of something a little darker I think that before. threw back too much for me to uh-huh. like the original. I think because I liked, I liked the little touches that are hinting at like being a like a sequel to the original. Mm-hmm. But I think if they when they're doing it too much, it just feels a little too on the nose gotcha. a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. know. Even though it didn't bother me at the time, it's just processing it now. There's another I really like. There's another little line, and that's a lot of this is just lines here, lines yeah, there. Yeah. When Dick Halloran shows up and he's taking the money from the woman and he's leaving the mm-hmm. apartment, there's a line added on there. Danny tries to put the memory of it all in a box. Yeah. And Dick says, "Oh no, you I like can't. That. You can't put memories in a yeah. box like you can with the ghosts." Yeah. And I really like. They're that. the real ghosts, I think you said. They're the yeah yeah. yeah I love that line. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just the idea that. This stuff will haunt you, but you can't do anything about this haunting. Yeah, uh, like you can with the other. And I like that Danny even tries it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that was interesting. Uh, yeah, so there's there's different things. There was some stuff with young Abra that was neither here nor there. The, I can the see piano. why they cut it. Yeah, it's it's a great little vignette. Yeah, uh, with the piano, but not necessary. The spoons already accomplished that later I, on. I think such in a much more powerful yeah. way. Yeah. Um, so there's a little more with her parents, but mm-hmm. they were never really developed characters. They don't need to be. Yeah. And it kind of brings more attention to it mm-hmm. when there's a, a couple more scenes that all, that they don't kind of expand on them either. Yeah. So it's just like more of not expanding on these people. So I, I, I don't know. I like the kind of Spartan aspect to how they were introduced before. Yeah. yeah. Um, then later... When uh, Danny is uh, going to AA, uh, Billy, there's this this strange addition where he talks about having a younger brother, and uh, he suggests that he is an alcoholic and that he's kind of not doing well. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, this this must be they snipped that out because that's a story he tells later, or that's going to be a a deleted subplot. But they never really come back to it. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just there to say, oh, I'm taking care of you because there's this unresolved thing in my family and I, I haven't been able to fix that, but I can I can fix you yeah. or help you. I kind of like that. I just gave him mm-hmm. a little bit more humanity to him and yeah. just that he has like this past with um the doctor character. Like mm-hmm. they like they're interwoven and they have this yeah. past this history and he's I don't know, just kind of mm-hmm. gave this nice relationship moment. Well and then and then the next big change is it goes back to this foreshadowing thing. So then there's a shot. It goes into the Overlook Hotel. Yeah, I did. This is right before the eight years later. Mm-hmm. It goes into the Overlook Hotel. It kind of glides across to the bar. The music is playing. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, the, the glass, glass waiting for Danny. Yeah. It's a well-done shot. I liked it as a transition, but it gives away the game. Yep. And as... If it's not my first time, I'm okay with that yeah. because it's it's a very book thing to do. It makes it feel like a novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he's going to go there anyway, right. so it didn't bother me. But I sat there thinking, if this was my first time watching this, that gives away mm-hmm. the game. It gives away where I'm headed. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a creepy implication that that this thing is waiting for you, but I, I don't know why it would be waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Right, because there's no sign now that we're even going back there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, got all the ghosts locked up that have come after him. Yeah. So there's nothing reporting back. Um, it, it gave the hotel a little bit too much of a weird omniscience yeah. kind of power. Um, there's another added scene too, right? Later on, that's kind of, I couldn't remember if that was there before. Where which one? They kind of foreshadow that they're going to go to the hotel. I feel like it's later on they do kind of a similar thing with... I can't remember if it's the twins in the hallway or I don't know. I feel like there was another added in little mm-hmm. vignette. Hmm. I'm not sure on that one. I don't know. The next add on is when he's working in hospice mm-hmm. and he's talking to um, the second man that's dying. There's that was, a lot yeah, more to that. I like I that. I really like that. Yeah. Anytime they took a character and they expanded backstory and just gave him a little more time to, to sit with things, mm-hmm. I appreciated that. Um, and this is some of one of the things I really appreciated in this extended cut is uh, Danny talks a lot more about eye contact in the theatrical version. He talks about how he couldn't look at his mom in the eye when she was dying. He saw these death flies. Right. Um, but in this, that eye contact is much more of a theme. It's there's even a shot of her looking at little Danny. And when he looks at her, she has to look away. Yeah. Later, he talks about. It was her seeing his dad in him. And that made that ending moment where she comes in through the fire and they just sit there and lock eyes. Yeah. That had so much more emotional resonance mm. for me. And so there there were things like that where it's, it's laying the groundwork and you don't realize it's foreshadowing. You don't realize it's pointing towards something, mm. but it pays off. And that's when it's effective. Right. The glass sitting at the bar isn't effective. That's just saying we're going to the hotel right. and there's going to be a scene where he goes to that bar and there's a glass waiting for him. Uh, that that I could have done without. The, I mean, even before going much further, the whole thing, I feel like 15, 20 minutes of that half hour, like, ooh, good stuff. Yeah. Enhances things. Yeah, yeah. 10 minutes, eh, you know, either way, could have gone. Um, what did you think of like, cause there was more windy, there was more flashback. Did you enjoy those flashbacks or once it got into the movie proper, did you find the flashbacks distracting? Well, yeah, because before there weren't really, it kind of was one fluid motion from his childhood into his adult, like being older Danny and mm-hmm. it didn't do as many flashbacks, right? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I kind of. I don't know. I kind of feel like that it broke it up a little bit mm-hmm. more than it needed to be. Uh, I liked the fluidity fluidity of how it flowed before from just through his life. Yeah. Um, the theatrical really... much more leaves behind childhood. Yes. Yeah. Until the end. Right. It, it really kind of, he'll reference it, but you don't really see it right. or, or feel it a whole lot in the yeah. middle. So. Um, I mean, at the time I'm watching it, I don't mind because like I said, I'm trying to remember what was there before and what wasn't um i i think she was did a good job like i still thought she was doing a good job at being um windy the next scene uh i definitely could have done without this is a very stephen king thing Uh it's something stephen king does and i wish he didn't (laughs) Uh, i love stephen king as a writer but i hate when he does these sort of uh little plot contrivances and it's when rose is trying to figure out where abra is mm-hmm. and crow daddy comes in and he's got an ipad and yep. he's found an article about this localized earthquake yeah it's such a writer moment yep. where okay i need her to be able to find abra and so 
here it is. Here's how she knows where to go looking. Right. Whereas in the theatrical version, it's just her like cert up on the roof. She's searching, searching, and it's almost like a, a moth to a flame. Yeah. And they've already established how powerful this girl is. It really made me feel like Rose had this special talent and was much more powerful and could go across. Yeah. She may not be able to do the things Abra does over great distances, but she can find her. Yeah. And and that was so much more uh, kind of uh, supernatural and and important than. Oh, hey, there's an earthquake and nobody can explain it. And yeah. why don't we go check that street? Yeah, because they didn't do any technological kind of thing like that in the original, right? Because no. like he would no. go off hunting for people, but I always assumed it was kind of the same way, but yep. maybe he wasn't like a as, sixth sense. Yeah, but he wasn't as powerful. Mm-hmm. So he had to get out in the world to yeah. get closer to the subject that he's trying to hunt down yeah. or to sense if somebody does have this thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I didn't enjoy that scene. And then there's a second scene where uh, before uh, Crow Daddy and the True Knot leave Rose behind and they're going to go kind of try to hunt down Abra, he basically tells her what he's going to do. He doesn't say, while they're off fighting somebody, I'm going to sneak around and I'm going to take Abra. Right. But he basically does. Mm -hmm. He says, you know, I'm going to come at her from another direction while they're looking over here and... Like, no, that's it, it was another this, moment. Like, you're, you're giving away the game. Yeah. The surprise of him showing up at the house was so much yep. fun before. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little taunt where he kills her dad. Uh, mm. That was, you know, not entirely necessary, but I'll take it. I like the whole uh, compliments to the chef. <laughs> and he's talking to this, you know, father about his daughter. Uh-huh. But he's calling the father the chef of this child meal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that... Got under my skin for some reason. Um, and then really the movie is is largely the same till you get to the Overlook. Yeah. At the Overlook, there's a little bit more between Jack and Danny. And I liked a lot of that. There's there's a little bit more about the medicine and what that means. There's more Danny trying to get you know Jack to remember who he is. Now, the do you think that's scene actually wasn't there, right? No. 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 Do you think that that's actually Jack? Is it the hotel? Is it... Like, it's taking Jack's form? It's definitely taking Jack's form. And and Danny's thinking it's his dad. Is it ever his dad? Is is Jack's spirit actually captured there in this movie and Danny's trying to save him or, or to pull him out of something? I never got the implication that he was trying to pull him out of anything. Okay. I think he was resigned to the fact that he was there mm-hmm. and that there's no hope to get him back. Like okay. he lost him a long time ago. Okay. Um, I mean, there is definitely like some kind of, I don't know if it's from time or just from being in this place so long, there's memory loss to the facts of the past mm-hmm. and his relationship with Danny exactly. Okay. But yeah, I'm not sure. It finally dawned on me who the guy is playing Jack. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I can't remember the actor's name, but he was from the main guy in uh, Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, wow. It's just him and a lot of like makeup and with mm-hmm. the, the wig and stuff. I was like, oh. Yeah, that extra scene in the bathroom. I love the return to the bathroom, but I could tell more who he was. Yeah. In that scene yeah. than when he's behind the bar. In the bar, they shoot him very carefully. It's from the side. And it's, yeah. it's pretty, I mean, you know it's not Jack Nicholson. For sure. You know they're not trying to make him look exactly like Jack yeah. Nicholson. But he has all, he's got the eyebrows, he's got the hair, mm-hmm. he's got uh, the scruff, he's, he's got the right features. Right, yeah. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it didn't bother me that it, it was just kind of like, oh, that's who that is. And like, and it makes sense because from their other projects, but yeah, the, I wasn't sure how I felt about the, uh, the bathroom scene. It was, I mean, it was nice to see the bathroom mm -hmm. again, but it was just, I feel like it was just the perfect amount of Jack mm -hmm. in the original version where it was just like hinting at it. Like, and it was not, it was like playing around the edges of what they could do with keeping the believability that we're in the same world of the original Shining. And like, I, and I liked how they did it in this movie with different actors. They didn't try any kind mm -hmm. of digital face replacing or anything. Mm -hmm. So it just, it was just, yeah, like you said, where like you finally get a good look at who it is. And I feel like that took me out a little bit because then it dawned on me. Well, and there's a certain sadness to Danny walking through the hotel and he ends at the bar after yeah. going everywhere else. And and he knows this is where my dad is. Right. It's, it's like the whole time he understands there's no shock mm -hmm. when Jack comes out. There's no shock that Jack is pouring the drink. No. He knows exactly where his dad is. He knows exactly where he's going to be. And that's that's so sad. The bathroom scene, so now they leave the bar and he just kind of follows his dad and goes to the bathroom and it it lost that kind of tragedy. Yeah. And just now felt like, so is he just tagging around after his dad until Rose right. gets here? Right, right. Um, because there wasn't really anything in their conversation in the bathroom. It was well written. Mm -hmm. but there wasn't anything where like, ooh, that takes what they just talked about the bar to the next level. It right. actually felt like a, an anticlimax to that bar conversation. Mm -hmm. So I, I could have done without that. Was there more like atmosphere of him walking around the hotel? Like it felt like that was longer. Little bits. Yeah. Yes. Little bits. Just in extending, like all the shots were still there. It basically goes through and revisits all the hot spots of the hotel. Right, right. That that he hit when he was a kid. But it just extends that a little bit. Yeah. Like there feel like there was more hallways he mm -hmm. goes down and that dark hallway where it very loudly turns on that overhead light still makes me jump. <laughs> yeah. Every like single time. Like that neon light sound comes yeah. on. Yeah. Every single time it gets mm -hmm. me. Um, and I know it's coming. I know <laughs> it. But just, oh. Yeah. Gets me. But yeah, that's, like I said, the, the last thing is just that eye contact. Yeah. And holding that eye contact. I was surprised there wasn't more added on to the end. There wasn't even anything added to that. It was just what had come before. I felt like led to that a little right. better. So all of that is to say <laughs> the stuff that enhanced the characters and conversations, especially early on, I loved. Yeah. That first chapter, first two chapters, just giving that more room to breathe, I enjoy. Yeah. I don't think it needs it. Yeah. I think, you know, if I'm watching, I think I still probably overall prefer the theatrical cut. Mm -hmm. Uh, if I'm going to go back and watch it again, or I might even do a thing where I watch the first two <laughs> chapters of the extended right. and then just Switch go to the, the theatrical. Yeah. I wish there was a nice way you could kind of seamless. Just, yeah. yeah. But I, I didn't, I don't know. I'm, I'm always a little weary of cuts like that mm -hmm. where they're extended cuts, especially if it's a film I already really enjoyed mm -hmm. other than like the Lord of the Rings where it's like, really padding it out and it feel and, and it's such an epic story they're mm -hmm. trying to tell it really i feel like lends itself mm -hmm. to doing that but when there's like all these multiple versions like blade runner and things like that it's just i i never know what to feel i always wish there was just somebody who was decisive at the beginning and the director got to do what they wanted there wasn't all this interference from the studio and i 
I don't know. I just wish, I know that's <laughs> a lot to ask from when there's so many people involved. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's when things, when it's just not like it is art, but when art is made by a committee of people, it just yeah. makes it so messy and difficult. Yeah. And it's just, I just want a decisive, some decisiveness. And I, I like what the director said about this director's cut. It, he doesn't see it as the superior version. Right. Yeah. He, what he released is his version. Yeah. But this is just a, you know, I've got some extra stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. Let's take an alternate look at at some of that. Right. Um, and it, it did feel more like a, a novel. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think there's there's room in the world in our Blu-ray releases to just be able to have both of those things and to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wish George and Disney and all of that would figure that out. Like, I honestly, <laughs> yeah. it is far enough in the future. It is, you know, 2020. I should be able to turn on Star Wars Episode Four. And almost like slider style, choose, I want the original untouched. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just want to see where they've cleaned up shots and redone some lightsaber effects, things like that. And I can slide clear up to the version where, and there's Jabba for some reason. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I should be able to yeah. choose when you know all of those versions are there. Right. It's just let me, let me be a fan. Let yeah. me tinker around. I'm not destroying anybody's artistic vision. Um, you know, I'm just, I think George did that a long time ago to his own (laughs) thing. I don't know. I don't see that ever happening. No. Which is sad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But with extended cuts, Clint and I have been talking about extended cuts all week. We were looking forward to this and we decided what we were going to do is just talk about some, man, wouldn't it be great if these movies had extended cuts? Mm -hmm. And I think we each have a list. We have not shared what's on those lists. Um, Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Uh, You can go first if you want. Mine's mine's pretty easy. Uh, I just have four. I cheated. I don't have three. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought you had six. What? No, because no. two weren't good enough. I was <laughs> okay. just like, you know what? I have five. Okay, that's yeah. fine. One's short, the other are, it's going to be something. All right, here. each of mine are short because I can, I can kind of give them to you fairly quickly. The first one, just going right along with Stephen King, is It Chapter 2 and Dark Tower. Uh-huh. Uh, I want It Chapter 2, give me the extended uh, space turtle uh, mumbo jumbo cut. That's what I want to call it. The extended... <laughs> Space turtle mumbo jumbo cut. Uh-huh. I want all the surreal. Yeah. I want people getting sucked into other realities and battling Pennywise on three different levels of of existence. I want just give me the weird. Mm-hmm. I want it all. Mm-hmm. And then Dark Tower. Dark Tower was ninety seven minutes, and what I need that to be extended to is seven films with a new cast, new writer, new director, <laughs> one for each of the books. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And we'll call it the Dark Tower extended cut. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we'll actually do the Dark Tower <laughs> instead of taking seven books, condensing them into one 97-minute movie that bears very little resemblance to any of those seven books. I don't know how you it take seven books. You? No, it didn't. <laughs> I don't know how you take seven books and cut them down to one. I especially don't know how you take seven books, cut them still. down to one, and still don't have things from those seven books. Like, you got they seven made up books lot, of material. Right? How how do you still have room to make up your own junk? Yeah. It just boggles, I, boggles the mind. Mm-hmm. So it chapter two in Dark Tower. Give me some some Stephen King expansion there. Uh, the other one is The Dark Knight. 
And oh, are you doing all yours? Do you not want me to? Oh, I thought we were going to do it back and forth. We can do it back and forth. Do you want to do back and forth? Yeah, let's do back and forth. Let's do back okay, and forth. Okay, because mine flows into that. Mine, right. another Stephen King. Okay. Um, Jaws. J- Jaws? Yeah. That's Stephen King, right? No. Oh, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I'm stupid. I don't know why I thought that. Man, fail. It's okay. Yeah, when the shark opens its mouth, the deadlights, you can't look at them. <laughs> Spielberg, I, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I, my brain... Uh, was, we're talking about the Steves. This works. This is Steve section. Steve section. Okay, Jaws. So Jaws. The, I don't know if you knew this, but there is a, a um, different cut of that film where there's an additional couple scenes that kind of flush out the backstory of the shark. Okay. And there's a scene where the shark, you know, the famous speech in Jaws, right? About the like Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. Well, in this cut, there is a scene where Jaws has its own speech. So I'm, I'm going to read this. I, I have it if you, you want. You got Yeah. You got this from the Spielberg archives? Yeah, I found this. I, I mean, the cut of the film is really hard to find, but I found the speech and it was in a script somewhere. Okay. I, I feel like we approached this assignment in very different ways, but go ahead. I, we did. And it's going to get, I don't know if it's going to be good. No, let me, let me hear what you found in the Spielberg okay. archives. So this is the Jaws, his speech. Okay. Who is Jaws giving the speech? To his son, Jaws Jr. Okay. The shiny tube slammed two smaller tubes into the side of the floaty thing, Jaws Jr. <laughs> it was coming back from the island of Tinian to Lati, just delivered the big boom. The Hiroshima boom. 1,100 men went down into the water. I think I'm a shark. I can't count. (laughs) The floaty thing went down in 12 minutes, but I can't tell time. Who knows? My tiger tiger shark buddy Jerry showed up first. He's a 13-footer. Man, Jerry had a hell of a dorsal fin and tail on him. What we didn't know was that their mission had been so secret, no distress signal had been sent out. (laughs) You know what that means, Jaw Jr. <laughs> Dinner time or breakfast. I don't know. It was a feast. <laughs> At first light, we came cruising. They formed into tight groups. It looked like an octopus mating season out there. All the arms and legs flailing. It was easy pickings. The idea was we'd come. <laughs> come on, this is serious. Oh, oh, it's straight from the Spielberg archive. Yes. It's just, uh, get go, go on. I gotta, come on, take this seriously. This is is gold, this is gold. The idea was we'd come to the nearest man and take a chomp. That man, he'd start pounding and hollering and screaming, and more more of our buddies would show up to join in. Man, it was a hoot. (laughs) (laughs) What? We'd like to look them dead in the eye while we did it too, just to freak them out. Just a dead, cold stare. You know what, the one where your eyes roll back? They can only see white. They hated it. Ah, <laughs> uh, then, uh, then you hear the terrible high-pitched screaming, and the ocean turns red. In spite of all their pounding and hollering, we all we all come in and rip them to pieces. Man, I loved it. I love being Jaws. <laughs> he says his own name. Yeah. I, I don't know why they doesn't say it. I love being a shark. He no, says, I, I love being Jaws. What was his name? I found that. Okay. It's real. It's it's a cut they released only like in Japan, I think. Did you see the actual footage and you just took No, I found the, the script. script. The I script found the page. script. Okay. This was a scene that was in that cut. The cut is lost, but this was found. I I believe you. Oh, I hope you do. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, <laughs> my second one is The Dark Knight. And uh, what it occurred to me would have been interesting to me, and I don't think it would have made it a better movie at all. Mm-hmm. But I would watch this cut, and I think I would appreciate it is if Christopher Nolan had taken time when Two-Face did his turn, now we get a good act of the movie that's just about Two-Face as a villain and Batman trying to do something about it. Instead of it's just being Two-Face becomes Two-Face and then immediately goes into vengeance mode against Gordon and uh, and all of that, and it ties up neatly, uh, I would have loved just an extra 20 minutes in there of, you know, you've got that bar scene where he flips the coin and starts killing people, Give me another 20 minutes of Two-Face just terrorizing Gotham. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I would watch that extended cut. Yeah. Now, I, I don't think that exists. I don't have access to the Nolan libraries like you have access to the Spielberg. Uh, what I'll I see what I can do to help just, you out. Okay. Yeah, I know right. people. So second one is Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, uh, what else after Jaws? Okay, I have The Dearest Truman Show. Oh, The I, Truman Show. Yeah. Um, this is a... Fully, like, I, I want this to happen. Okay. This is not something that does exist, like the Jaws of thing course, clearly of course, does. Clearly exists. This is just something that I feel like could pad out the film and maybe give you a little different angle on Truman. Um, so this is Truman. He can't cope with the outside world. Sure, sure. Okay. He can't hold down a job. I follow. Yeah, Sylvia realizes that she never really knew Truman, only the two-dimensional depiction of Truman that was on television. The fictional Truman. Yeah. She, yeah, she doesn't know him. Yeah. So their love is not real. Um, so yeah, Truman is hunted down by paparazzi. The news organizations want his story. Realizing he won't survive in the real world, he tries to return to the idyllic life in the dome. But Kristoff has rebooted the show with a new young boy. Oh. Yes. Oh, dark. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Truman, down on his luck without love and feeling <laughs> lost and unimportant, wants to be back in the public eye. The only place he thinks he'll feel whole again uh, is in the public eye. Okay. So, one day at his lowest, he sneaks onto the set of the te- television set, a talk show that once used to follow the Truman show completely. He holds the hosts in the studio hostage at at knife point (laughs) for 12 hours, forcing them to keep the cameras rolling. He speaks incoherently into the camera for most of the time before being taken out by a sniper shot. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, I feel like you might've lifted that from, from another movie. Is that, it feels, it feels familiar. Hmm. Is it not familiar? Uh, Not to me, but. Maybe to you, what? Sounds like the Manchurian Candidate. <laughs> oh, I've never seen the Manchurian <laughs> Candidate, so that was for, purely from my imagination. All right, All right. so mm-hmm. Truman goes Joker, but uh, just doesn't end as well for him. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I would watch that. <laughs> That's... He just can't cope in the real world, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. lots of drinking and binge cocaining and... Mm-hmm. You know, eventual knife point rambling. <laughs> yeah. It would be hard to hold up a whole studio od- audience with a knife, but. Well, and it seems like they would, the whole time they'd be like, this is, this is a gag. This is, this is scripted. Mm-hmm. This isn't real. Jim Carrey could pull it off too. Yeah, he definitely could. Yeah. Definitely could. Go full man in the moon. Mm-hmm. 
just go a little too far. <laughs> really, really lost himself in Truman and started stabbing extras. Mm-hmm. Like, Jim, no. <laughs> <laughs> My third one, uh, this is reaching into the bag of not great films, is Troy. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Troy is based on a section in the Aeneid uh, about the Battle of Troy. Um, but uh, in the Aeneid, uh, Virgil's Aeneid, that's not a movie. That's what we call a book. Uh, well, it wasn't a book. See, I got all a scroll pompous there. <laughs> yeah, it's a series of scrolls. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what they put on. Anyway, it's the Aeneid. Word of mouth. You can pick it up in the bookstore, so it's a book. No. But in the Aeneid, everything that's happening on the battlefield, you're also seeing what's going on in the uh, spiritual realm where you've got like gods fighting gods and gods towering over armies and uh, you know Poseidon coming out of the sea and doing stuff and I want an extended cut of Troy mm-hmm. where it puts the Greek gods and goddesses back into the fight um, it would be terrible it would genuinely be awful <laughs> and it's just bad yeah but but I really want like Liam Neeson as Zeus just really poorly composited into these scenes, <laughs> uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, where you see like um, the green glowing yep, on the outline yep. of him. Uh, but one hundred percent, that would that would be an improvement on that movie, and I'd be okay with that. All right, I'm way more excited. What's your <laughs> number three? So Blade Runner. Did you know that there is an extended, um, <laughs> like, final scene to this film? Did you uh, did you email Ridley Scott to get this? No, did you? It's out there. This is definitely this is a Japanese cut that we haven't like, okay. got. Okay, yeah, okay. So, so there's you imported extra- it. Yeah. Well, I, I've heard about it, and I got a transcript of what happens. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, hit me with it. <laughs> okay. So, um, in this version, there's a final kind of cap to the film. Um, uh, let me see here. So there's a, yeah, fully revealed where Deckard is definitely a replicant. Um, But he was made for a specific purpose. Deckard is deep in a dream where the unicorn is again present, but is transforms into a loaf of bread. Deckard awakes and feels calmer than he's ever in his entire life with a new sense of meaning in his life. He opens his shirt to find a row of slots cascading down his chest. They start glowing red hot. (laughs) He runs to the kitchen and starts filling them with bread. It is perfectly toasted, crisp, but still soft on the inside. Deckard screams, I'm a toasty boy. I'm a toasty boy. Toast is king. I am its loyal servant. The next day, he turns his badge in and badge and gun in between two slices of toast, and he blade runs away. <laughs> Forever to make the most delectable toast the world has ever known. You can see why that would only exist in the Japanese market. Definitely. Yeah. He blade, <laughs> blade runs away. Yeah. Oh, well, is that like a Naruto run? Just like arms back. Yeah, like his arms run. are back. And he says oh, wow. it. And yeah, and there's toast flying. Wow. So the whole time, Deckard was was a toaster. <laughs> yeah. And what was that line? I'm a, I'm a toasty boy. Um, yeah, he says it twice. I'm a toasty boy. I'm a toasty boy. Toast is king. I am his loyal servant. <laughs> it takes a different path. It does. It does. Very Japanese. Um, I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> I uh, will have to import this. 
this week and, and yeah, well, check it's this hard to find rare uncut gem out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Uh, my fourth one is uh, Star Wars Episode Nine. Uh, I have nothing specific other than this movie needs an extra half an hour uh, or divide it into two movies. Uh, But it needs some serious breathing room, especially if uh, in this magical world of of, uh, alternate director's cuts, uh, scenes were also removed. Uh, Because there were things in this specifically just to accelerate it, get Mm -hmm. it from one scene to the next, uh, getting from one place to the next, where I'd have much rather just had them on the ship, and we talked about this, on the ship, just talking about here's where we're going next. Right, right. Uh, that sort of thing. Just <clears throat> more breathing room or split it into two movies, do an episode nine and then an episode ten and keep it in the oven a little longer, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But none of that matters <laughs> because you are really finding some stuff that's just I had blowing dig, me away. I had to dig deep for this. Blowing me away. So yeah. so I'm I'm anxiously awaiting Film number four. Okay, so us. <laughs> so I'm familiar. Okay, yeah. Jordan Peele's Us. Jordan Peele's Us. From last year. Um, there's an additional few scenes that spend time with the uh, tethered in the underground explaining more about them. Oh, okay. So, this okay. Interesting. And I actually have a transcript of this, co- <laughs> this script, like of this and uh, the dialogue and everything. So I'm going to kind of try to act it out. Okay. So, okay, okay, setting. Small office in the underground compound that resembles a government or public school office, okay? Red is behind the desk, flipping through a worn phone book, picks up the yellowed plastic phone and places a call. The sound of the ringing can be heard, but stops after three rings when the call is picked up. Ron. Sam Scissors in suits, this is Ron. (laughs) How can I help you? Wait, wait, wait. Is this Ron from Get Out? Sure. <laughs> Is that his name and get out? I just picked a name randomly, but the, I didn't. I mean, the, the script did. The script did. Yeah. It, I, I'm pretty sure. Might, I mean, he got this job. Rod? What Ron. was his name? No, no, no. I, oh. I think you're getting confused. It's it's the... Uh, I'm not confused. The, the TSA agent from Get Out. Uh-huh. His name's Ron? I don't know. Oh. Rod? I forget what his name is, but I bet that's what the script means. Oh, it might. That's what I'm picturing now. Okay, okay, it's Ron. Go on. Rod. Ron. This is Ron. Sam Scissors and Suits, this is Ron. How can I help you? Long, silent pause. Hello? Red. Yes! Long pause. I would like to place an order with your establishment. Oh, yes, I can help you with that. Did you have something in mind? I'm not sure if you're familiar with us at all, but we offer a wide selection of scissors and suits for all needs and occasions. Formal, paper, work, fabric. (laughs) Ron is abruptly cut off. Scissors! Okay, not a problem. Any kind of particular? Sever the thread between my world and yours and have my time in the sun. Uh, Okay. Well, sewing scissors can usually are usually what you use with thread. I'll add that to your order. Suits. Okay, we can do that. Are you thinking formal three-piece work? Ron is cut off again. Jump. 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 Oh, oh, a jumpsuit. Okay, we offer many different colors, fabrics. They come in one size fits all. Red. Red, raw, and bloody like the rabbits we eat every single day. 
Uh, Ron sits in silence and you can hear him breathing, but eventually responds. Okay, we have red. How many of each item would you like to order? For every 10 you buy, we give a 10% discount. It can really add up depending on how many you want. We also offer expedited shipping. Six million! <laughs> hmm. Well, we will have to see what what we can do for you. So that's that scene. Just what this highlights is the level of writing and direction that Jordan Peele is at. He, he is yeah. working on another level as a filmmaker. <laughs> and I'm sure when that brought to life with the right cinematography and visuals yeah. would have just been... Like flickering light. Powerful and, yeah. and, and really said something about uh, the experience of, of the young black male in uh, modern America. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, wow. Jordan Peele. <laughs> he really captured something with that he one. He really does. He really, the, there's the practicality, but yeah. at the same time, there's the duality of practicality mm -hmm. and impractical impulse. And, yeah, and how the tethered underground really can't understand that practicality and no. what is taking place. And things that. are so common to them. It's, yeah. It's it's kind of borderline genius. I, I'm, I'm starting to understand what he was doing there. Yeah. It's, it's a shame. I bet the studio made him cut it because they're racists. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just, I agree. <laughs> I just his his scene so inspired me that I had to cut right to the heart mm -hmm. of it, and uh, just I'm glad you said it. Whew, I had to. I had to. Yeah. Uh, that inspiration doesn't come very often, but when you read <laughs> the transcript of a deleted scene that's yeah. that's that timely and strong, mm -hmm. uh, there's nowhere to go but up. Yep. <laughs> Do you have another? I one? have one more, um, but this one, it's. I mean. So, yeah, Lord of the Rings extended. Um, An extended of the extended? Yeah. Okay. There's just, a, to the Return of the King, um, there's just one more scene. So there's an extra half hour where Frodo has to travel back to Mordor because he dropped his keys. That's, <laughs> it's real simple. His keys to what? You know, to this, his home at the Shire, the little, uh, what is that, his house called? <laughs> you know? So he got home to the Shire. Yeah. He walked up to his door. Mm-hmm. Oh no! I. Oh he's checking no! His, he's checking his pockets, and it's oh. just him walking for. And then he looks at the camera and like, not again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you're really stepped in it this time, Frodo. <laughs> yeah. Sam's already packing a bag. Yeah. He's just like I've got you. <sighs> okay. It's yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Sandwiches. If you can't walk to find your keys, I'll carry you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. Wow, you you've done your Hollywood homework this week. Um, mm -hmm. Goodness! All right. <laughs> I mean, someone's got to do research. I know, I know. Um, you know, I just I'm just dreaming, but you're you're putting in the real work. Yeah, that was that was something else. I don't like to speculate. I like to get hard facts. All right. right. Yeah. All right. Uh, last question before we get out of here. <clears throat> Honey Boy comes out on Amazon February seventh. Yeah. Any any interest in Tackling that this weekend and, and possibly talking about it sure. another week. All right. Yeah. Maybe not next week. Next week, we've got a lot planned. Uh, we're going to talk about Parasite. Uh, and we uh, we have a, a special episode coming up with kind of a, well, I'm not even going to tell you. Uh, we're just excited about it. Uh, I, I was excited about it. And then we got digging in and we started working on it. And I, I lost myself down so many rabbit holes looking at different movies. Mm -hmm. It was Mm, it was something else. <laughs> right. Yeah, I haven't even started. So, are we going to spin the wheel? 
Oh, I forgot the wheel, the Sinatron. Yeah. Come on. Uh, yeah. I gave you the extended cut of the song and everything. You're absolutely right. Let's a little uh, foreshadowing for that I last know, segment. I know. Well, let's let we let's let that uh, on this one. We should have. Let's I'll let the Sinatron that. 3000 in and let's let that little guy decide our fate for next week. Go for it. Them that follow. Them that follow. Yeah, have you seen anything for that? Them that follow. It's about like uh, like it rings a bell. Um, a Pentecostal like church that like snake handles. It look. It's supposed to be oh, really good. Oh 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 yeah, I have that on one of my lists in it's, one of my queues. It's on Amazon, I believe. Okay, so that must be where I have it. I heard that one's good, so maybe we'll get a good right. one. Yeah, that one. Um, I'm not familiar with the the directors. I have to look them up. Gerard Butler is one of the producers. Mm. That's weird. Interesting. Uh, yeah, inside a snake handling church deep in Appalachia, a forbidden relationship forces a pastor's daughter to confront her community's deadly tradition. Huh. That sounds right up my alley. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be good. Interesting. Yeah. It's got a good cast, too. Mm-hmm. Thomas Mann. Oh, it's got Walton Goggins. Yeah, he's always Olivia good. Coleman. Jim Gaffigan. All right, I'm in. Yeah. Sure. So them that follow. Mm-hmm. So we're going to tackle them that follow. We're going to tackle Parasite. And then uh, we'll see we'll see what else comes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm very excited. The Oscars are this Sunday too. I'm sure we'll talk about those. Now you are not a big fan of awards season, correct? Not really. I don't really follow it too closely. Yeah. I am a big fan of awards season. I get excited every year, and then immediately after awards, I get angry. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to be a mix of emotions come next week. Yeah. Um, especially if. Uh, something like Joker walks away with mm. Best Picture. I'm just, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be beside myself and not understand things anymore. I mean, we'll just have to follow the rule of land then and admit it's the best. Yeah. All right. Well, until next week, this has been episode 14, not 13, episode 14 of Good Cinebabble. Job. Thank you. Uh, Clint, your homework next week is to be ready to say hello in a different way. That's really going to make people feel welcome. I'm not going to meet that task. Sorry. Well, I I think you can do it. I don't want to, Ken. I think you can do it. Okay. Thanks for believing in me. I always believe in you. <laughs> I always. I just. I'm right there. Thanks. All right. You have a good one. You too. Bye. <laughs>